Hello, I'm Joanna North. I'm a psychotherapist and psychologist. Welcome to my MindKind podcast. In this MindKind podcast, I want to talk to you about child to parent violence, which is increasing at the moment in terms of behavior in children. So in this podcast, I want to tell you a little bit about why that's happening. And I want to help you understand about ways to move forward in your family so that you're not affected by violence in the home. If there's one thing that's for sure, it's that children who are being violent and coercive towards their parents will not be happy children. And the parents certainly won't be happy. And you need to recognise it if that's a problem and we need to find ways to manage this. So I'm going to also tell you about the model of working with nonviolent resistance, which is a model of helping children change their behaviour. But really, it's about parents changing their behaviour so that children can change their behaviour. And this model, nonviolent resistance, was developed by Haim Omar, who is a professor of social work at the University of Tel Aviv. And he spent decades studying this subject and trying to understand ways to help turn this behaviour around. His work is globally renowned and he helps not only parents, but also community leaders and teachers to increase their authority with children so that children feel more secure and don't feel they have to be violent towards those around them in order to get their needs met or indeed to communicate. So the NVR model's philosophical roots lie in the resistance movements of the civil rights led by Martin Luther King. So you probably have learned in your history that the black community in Detroit stopped going on buses because they weren't treated equally and they weren't allowed to sit on buses, which obviously in this day and age would be an outrage. But back in the 60s, it was thought to be acceptable. And the black community had to find a way to power through that. And what they did was they just simply didn't go on buses. It caused them an enormous amount of inconvenience. They had to walk, they had to get lifts, they had to do all sorts of things to cope, but they wouldn't go on them. And as a result, the bus company went bust because they lost so many customers and they lost all of their trade, basically. No stones were thrown, but through silently resisting over a period of weeks and months, The bus company had to give in and had to say, "Okay, you know, of course you're equal. Get on the buses, please. And that was the start of a rolling of this movement that says, you know, don't accept behaviour that's simply unacceptable and dig in until it changes. But don't engage with violence. And similarly, Gandhi in India encouraged the whole population not to sell cotton to the UK when he wanted Britain to recognise the independence of and the sovereignty of, of India in its own right, of course. And as a result, families probably were caused incredible inconvenience when they stopped being able to sell their cotton and they weaved their own cotton at home. But the fact is it had a huge impact on the mills in England. And in the end, it was very much a part of what made England 
set India free to be its own sovereign nation. So again, you know, no stones were were thrown. And Mr. Gandhi silently went around, you know, encouraging people just to dig in and to say, look, we're not having that. It will change. And we will change our behavior until you change yours. So these are historically rooted and We're not suggesting to parents that they dig in on the important things, obviously, because the children have to be fed and they have to be clothed. But what we're encouraging parents is to reclaim their authority and help their children understand respect towards others. Because if children learn to be disrespectful in their early formative years, they probably will carry that through into their adult years. And we're talking not just about violence. We're not particularly focusing on children that lash out. We're talking about the low-lying behaviours like abusive words to parents, disrespecting parents, doing passive-aggressive acts to parents, being ultra, ultra ultra-demanding, being coercive. And it's when you start spotting this low-lying behaviour that you need to attend to it. And you actually need to attend to it without violence yourself as a parent, because it's for sure that adding violence to violence won't help. So it's important to try and understand the roots of violence within all humans, because we're all capable of violent acts, we're all capable of unleashing aggression. And little children, as they as they grow into their into their toddler and, and their preschool years, they'll they'll learn that they can lash out and they'll have strong feelings about certain things. And they'll lash out or bite or or kick and all of these things. And they really should be helped very gently and kindly and repetitively to understand that it's not okay and that you have to ask for what you want. And it's a lot of hard work for parents and eventually children, by probably by the time they get to school, will start to understand that. And then that continues into middle school years where children are learning all the time about how to manage intense emotions. They're learning about jealousy and they're learning about friendship and they're learning about love and they're learning about what it's like to feel that life is unfair. And they occasionally will want to lash out with those feelings and they have to learn that as human beings, we're not in this to have battles with each other all the time. We're in this to communicate and understand and give meaning to these very deep feelings. And this is, again, it's a lot of work. It requires a lot of patience, very repetitive work. And children will make mistakes time and time again. And they need us to forgive them and they need us to put them right. And most of all, they need us to show them that we manage these scenarios and we help them to manage too. We're teaching children to regulate these intense emotions. And if you're lucky, as a child, you get a parent who's very patient, and very kind, and doesn't react and isn't violent to you and teaches you the right way to behave. So given that, we then move into our teenage years. And really what we're about is power. We're, we're thrusting around trying to find, you know, how powerful we can be in life. And of course, teenagers are going to act out with their parents. And again, parents need to remain in an authoritative position. They need to sometimes they have to compromise with their with their young teenagers. But so do teenagers have to compromise. And growing up life is a lot about working things out, trying to understand what helps everyone to get what they need. Not just one dominant person who's going to be aggressive and mean. 
and quite frankly, not be liked very much. So again, it's about a lot of input. And I mean, it's not just about this developmental route, because I think that children can start lashing out for all sorts of reasons. So you need to be aware this is not a sort of a parent blaming model where we're saying, well, look, you know, you didn't help your child to develop. You might put children in, in an environment where they are watching or seeing a lot of aggression or children might be upset or troubled in themselves about something and start lashing out something they can't communicate. We need to keep our eye on that behaviour all the time. You know, we might start to see it in our young people if they get very, if they get moods and, and perhaps if they start experimenting with drugs, their behaviour might start to change. We need to keep our eye on that. We need to be watching it. So not all about development and it's not all about social learning. Some of it is just about children are doing what they're seeing sometimes. So I'll be talking a lot more about this because there's a lot to say about it, but there are various components to this nonviolent resistant model. The, the first two are that parents commit to nonviolence, that they say, we're not having violence in, in our home. We're going to be a home that communicates. We're going to be a home that manages things fairly. And we're going to be a home where we have management and control because as adults, that's what we're supposed to do. Not a home where you run the show and you coerce us into giving you what you want all the time, which is a home where actually people aren't that happy and certainly somebody won't be happy. And we encourage parents to engage with a support network so that they talk to other parents about working out problems with young children. They talk to teachers, they talk to perhaps church groups or faith groups in their area. Just gaining the support of aunties or uncles or influential people, local policemen. I've seen them do a lot of this kind of work. Grandparents who might help and join with you and say to your child, we're here to turn this around. We're not going to be violent with you. We're not going to be mean with you, but we're not accepting this. And we are going to help change and turn it around. The first thing that parents need to do is get really clear about where they're going with this and really clear as to whether or not there is actually a problem in the house because until you can admit that to yourself you're probably not going to be changing this please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes and if you can rate the podcast in your podcast app that will help spread the word and help more parents Okay, so one of the first skills that we teach parents is, ha is how to de-escalate violence. And that is that if your children or your young people are being violent, that you step back. You do not engage with their violence with violence. It's the first rule of nonviolent resistance. You step back and you say to your young people, well, I will engage with you on this. We will discuss this, but not when you're trying to achieve that through violence. So these we call de-escalation skills. Now, often parents find that they might have been in the habit of reacting with aggression if their children are being violent, or they might be reacting with violence in themselves because they might get frightened and they might feel that that's the direction to go in. And we need to tell you now that it's not. I need to tell you now, whatever you do, step back from that. And that includes verbal aggression or getting into shouting matches with your children. And I always say to parents, if you're in an argument or a fight with your child, you're in the wrong and step back so that you're in the right. You want the moral high ground here. So step back, tell your child you'll come back to this when you 
feel it's right and when you can deal with the real issues and that you won't get anything in your home through violence. So de-escalation is really important. You don't have to do all of these things all at once. It's best to do them one step at a time. So what we do in Haim Omar's NVR model is that we help parents increase their presence in the home. We help them become this authoritative presence. Parents who are subject to violence from their children might find that they shrink into a corner or they become small in their actions or they become almost like the child in the house, afraid to think, afraid to comment, afraid to act. You know, and and I think if you recognize any of those behaviors in yourself, then it's time for a change. But we need parents to increase their presence. And you can do that in, in all sorts of ways. And one is to engage in conversations with your children where often they might be insisting on silence. Or you might engage in positive ways, such as inviting a child out for a coffee or going for an ice cream so you can have a chat. And that sort of thing increases your presence or sending them a text and saying, how about we have a chat for five minutes or how are you doing today? So it doesn't mean that all your communications are around violence, but they are in fact around your presence and you being interested and you being very, very focused. And this will, in a way, violence diminishes parents and this will increase your presence and increase your authority. And again, these things take weeks to develop. I mean, we're not saying, hey, in five minutes, you'll learn this and you'll go and do it. When we do a real nonviolent resistant training, we, we spend 10 weeks and each week we take a different component and we encourage that development in, in the parents. And usually we get a very different result at the end of 10 weeks. But at the end of the 10 weeks, people have only just begun. They've only just started. We do encourage parents to refuse orders and to not respond to taboos in the house. So, for example, go and get me my dinner or give me my pocket money would not be responded to with automatic behaviours, i.e., you know, rushing to the kitchen or pulling out money. This is a real inroad into dominance and coercion by children. And it's a really good way to start showing children that actually you respond to decent social communication. You don't respond to orders. And children pick it up very quickly. They will know if your mind has changed. And don't do this in a a sort of payback kind of way or in a in a mean way, do it in a really loving and kind way. And that is to say, you know, I'll come back to you when you can use your kind voice and when we can talk to each other in the in the right way. And yeah, we'll look at your pocket money. So watch it, watch carefully when orders are slung at you. It's just like, you know, you're not a slave. You are running your household, you pay for everything, and you are actually effectively in charge of everything. And I'm not suggesting for a minute that children would have to, you know, kowtow to you or cower in any way. They need to show respect to you. Otherwise, they won't ever have respect for people in in authority. In the final 
parts of the training in NVR, we encourage parents to actually have a sit-in with their children and young people, whereby they actually sit down and refuse to go any further in the home until the child or young person has come up with good ideas for themselves to turn around the violence in the home. So the sit-in is a little bit like a protest and it's a bit like sitting in a protest with your banner and saying, no more violence, what part are you going to play? You know, you need to choose your time and you and you need to make sure that your child is ready for that and you need to make sure that you've got the right support around you. So you might, for example, want to call your support person in and ask them to help you and assist you. But it's really a clear statement that says, from this point onwards, violence is not running our home. And that will then start to at least make children and young people think, if you feel that the child or young person isn't coming up with a good plan, then you can say, well, we'll sit in until we have a good plan. Or you could say, look, we'll come back to this later when I'm ready. And but meanwhile, you need to be thinking because it might take them. And in my experience, it takes children and young people a bit of time to work out the right way to do things. So we have a lot of work to do there, but more than anything, It's about that quiet moment when you as a parent sit down and you say to yourself, we can't do this. This is horrible and is not teaching our child to go in the right direction in life. And we or I now need to change something. So I I hope that encourages you. And I think that in our podcast, we'll be doing a lot more work on helping parents to regain their authority to be kind to their children, but teach their children the right way to respond in life and increase communication in the home, increase conversations. Violence is not a conversation. It's a conversation ending. It's an end to everything. And if you're running around constantly responding to the needs of a child, well, fair enough. I mean, part of parenthood is about looking after children and nurturing them and and engaging with them without question. But they also have to have good structures around them and they have to have good challenge from parents. And NVR is the challenge. So I hope you enjoy these ideas and look forward to talking to you again in our next podcast. Thank you for listening. We will continue to discuss this and other topics related to child mental health. So make sure you subscribe. And if you have any questions for future episodes, please email me. There is a link in the podcast description.